11 to 1 show. No couples allowed this Valentine's Day. One restaurant takes an unusual approach to this lovey-dovey holiday. More on that after Wham! That has us up and ready to go. Wham! Wake me up before you go-go on LMFM's 11 to 1. You have to say it really with, like, kind of, you know, force. Wham! You know? (laughs) It's what it deserves, absolutely. Sinead Brazel here with you. Hope you're keeping well. You can get in touch 086-1800-658. Ah, Valentine's Day. It is approaching, you know. It is approaching. It's the holiday of love. Romance. Candlelit dinner, maybe, for two. Gazing longingly into each other's eyes. Whispering sweet nothings across the table. Lovely. Or not. Because there's no Valentine's shenanigans happening in one restaurant. And if Valentine's Day is one of those holidays that you'd rather completely avoid. You know, lovey-dovey couples. They're working overtime, aren't they? With the PDA department and you're just going... If you're sitting across from them. Uh, with date night spam all over the place <laughs> and rom-coms on the telly, you're not alone. Apparently, one restaurant has strong views on kind of the whole Valentine's Day thing, right? It's a restaurant in Cork. Uh, their Asian fusion restaurant called Electric. Uh, they launched their Valentine's menu with one very specific stipulation. No dates allowed. What? No dates allowed. At Electric, in Cork, okay? Very unconventional approach. Apparently, uh, they're only accepting bookings for four or more for Valentine's Day. Uh, so, I don't know, maybe you can double date? I don't know. Alongside the de- details of the Valentine's tasting menu, uh, they shared their guidelines. They say, tables of four or more, enjoy with another couple or single friends. No one is left behind at Electric, they say. So, should couples be allowed to book wherever they please on Valentine's night and let them off, let them whisper sweet nothings to beat the band. Or are you happy to hear that there's a safe sanctuary for singletons or just people who are not into, you know, kind of this over-the-top displays of affection? I have to say, we're all talking about this restaurant now, aren't we? Oh, yeah. You know, that's clever. Clever marketing. So they're saying no, a big fat N-O to love and romance on Valentine's Day. What do you think? Is it like, you know, a good idea? Do you think that you'd go somewhere like that? I know it's in Cork, but you know, humour me. If there was a restaurant locally and you're thinking, grand, no couples. I can just sit and enjoy and I don't have to be looking at people smooching and slobbering all over each other as I'm trying to enjoy my dinner. Let me know. 086-1800-658. Ellie Golding, love me like you do. Or don't, because we're talking a kind of anti-Valentine's approach from one restaurant in Cork. Message coming in on 086-1800-658. My husband is about as romantic as a dishcloth. Wow, that is giving it to me straight. Don't be telling him about this. I'll not get any romance at all. Coming in from one anonymous person. Do we need to intervene again like last year? Do you remember last year we got in touch with Seamus and Caroline... They were having, you know, romance issues and we kind of set them right with a, with a meal and everything last year. So, you know, text her. Just saying. I have, you know, kind of acted like Cupid before for a couple. So 
just putting it out there if you want to get back in touch with me uh, Claire says I have to say Sinead I do like the whole Valentine's Day thing great excuse for a date night it is a great excuse for a date night particularly if you are you know people who are very busy and you don't get an awful lot of time and then you kind of go oh Valentine's Day it's kind of a reminder isn't it to up the romance and get knock it up a bit absolutely uh, do keep those coming in I think you know it's quite a genius marketing ploy by Electric who are kind of saying no to couples on their own now you can be a, a double date situation tables of four please tables of four that's what they're looking for they don't want people swooning into each other's eyes across the restaurant uh, so very cool idea because it's getting us all talking about them absolutely now speaking of love My husband nearly fainted on Saturday and it was my fault. Yeah, I'm going to tell you all about it after these. The 11 to 1 show. My husband nearly fainted on Saturday and it was something that I did. Not that. Get your mind out of the gutter. I'm going to tell you more after Tom Grennan. I don't know what's going on. We've got a love theme on the show today. Purely accidental with the music there. Tom Grennan, little bit of love. So my husband nearly fainted on Saturday. What caused this? Well, look, I would say it could happen to any man, really. You know, because when a woman comes home with a huge haul of clothes, it's enough to make most men dizzy. I don't know why. It's just an affliction that happens. So I arrive home on Saturday himself opens the door and he must have seen me, I'd say, struggling to get the huge, and I mean huge, arm full of clothes into the house. So he says, how much did all this crap cost you? Because of course, you know, he's going to assume that I've gone absolutely bananas with the credit card. So I says, it cost absolutely nothing. Ah, come on now, nothing. How could all this cost you nothing? I says, well, you'd be happy to know, not only did this not cost me a thing, but I'm also doing my bit to save the planet because all of this is pre-loved clothing. And I'm going to be talking about this more on tomorrow's show. Essentially, I was at Maria Macklin's house, our regular guest, uh, image consultant from House of Colour, and I attended my first ever swap shop. And I kid you not, I came home with three coats, two dresses, two pairs of trousers, five tops, a blazer and the biggest smile on my face. This is the kind of retail therapy that you need, people. Instant feel good without spending a cent. So what's a swap shop? Well, you go with clothes that you're, you know, like good stuff, like that you're not maybe into anymore. Maybe it doesn't fit you. Maybe it's the wrong shape for you. Maybe it just doesn't look good. And maybe you bought it kind of on an impulse. You bring it along to the swap shop. There was like 12 or 13 women with suitcases full of clothes at this, okay? And what you do is you just, whatever thing takes your fancy and you swap. And we had little fashion shows for each other in Maria's kitchen and it was the best fun ever. And not only that, not a cent spent, there's no waste now because we've all gone home with new wardrobes essentially. So we have enough clothes clothes and it was brilliant so we're going to bring you more on the swap shop on tomorrow's show absolutely the best fun retail therapy that I've had so once I told him all of this the pale kind of the colour sort of went back into his face and all was forgiven 
I knew this was going to happen. I knew once I mentioned clothes and not only clothes, once I mentioned free clothes that I would get an influx of messages. Where is this swap shop I needed in my life is the general gist of what's going on here on 086-1800-658. Look, it was one sort of off thing, you know. Maybe she might do another one. She might do another one. All will be revealed though on tomorrow's show. I'm going to, I've got a nice little recording of how the swap shop went at Maria's house on Saturday. We'll be playing that out on tomorrow's show. But look, at watch this space is all I'll say. Uh, want to mention this fantastic news. Maeve McCauley, she's a musician from Blackrock. She has won the inaugural Orgrill, Liam Royley Scholarship for Dundalk School of Music. And this is the very first year of this. And it's a lovely, lovely way to honour the amazing Liam Royley. Several entries were whittled down to a short list of six They had a very tough job, the three judges, which included Bagatelle's bass player Ken Doyle. And 17-year-old Maeve McCauley was announced as the overall winner at the weekend. So she gets a full year's free tuition, the cost of which will be covered by the Riley family. And I know Late Lunch covered this when they launched it at the time. It's such a lovely way to honour uh, Bagatelle frontman Liam Riley. So this is a scholarship that was founded in his honour. And uh, it's lovely. So Dundalk School of Music, uh, the, that's where Maeve is uh, from. And uh, very, very deserving winner. And, you know, congratulations to her. And hopefully she has a great year now with this scholarship and it just kind of improves and advances even further the great talent that she has already. Now moving on to our first item on the show and expect lots of cups of tea, nuns of the run and plenty of fun. Ted Fest is returning. The 11 to 1 show. Inishmore, one of the Aran Islands, becomes the legendary Craggy Island once more for a weekend of high jinks as Ted Fest is backed. You know, expect copious cups of tea, sandwiches, nuns on the run, priests on the pull, madcap costumes, and of course, a bishop getting a kick up the arse. Father Ted, Ireland's best loved TV show, and it's a Ted Fest being celebrated from the 2nd to the 5th of March, and some of the original cast members will be back for the festivities. I'm delighted to be joined on the line by founder of Ted Fest, Peter Phillips, how are you getting on, Peter? I'm good tonight. Can you believe we've been doing this since 2007? Oh my God, 2007. Yeah. That is such a long time. And we you know, no. expect anybody to take it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, in no other scenario could I say nuns on the run and priests on the pull. I mean, that alone conjures up just a fantastic <laughs> madness, doesn't it? You you cannot find a walk of life these days that you can safely say they've all got lovely bottoms. But we have one. <laughs> Talk to me about this because you came up with the idea for the festival in a place that couldn't be further than Craggy Island. Where did the inspiration for this strike? Oh, okay. it was it was a place called Aragon Bay, uh, which is on the east coast of Sri Lanka, and uh, it's a, it's a glorious, it's like a bounty advert. But that that was uh, the year after that awful tsunami. And I was a trustee. I, 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 we're based in Wales, um, and I was trustee of a little charity that was funding sort of tsunami relief stuff. We were funding an art therapy group, and I was over there trying to buy a bus. There's, there's a learning point: never try to buy a bus in Sri Lanka. It's a nightmare. <laughs> but anyway, that's what I was doing. And um, there was a guy from Galway um, called Fogel McGrath who was over there. Uh, had a, we had a mutual friend in this art therapy group. He was over there doing some filming for them. And we got talking. It was, a, you know, it was a lovely setting, but they were in the middle of a civil war because the civil war had kicked off over there. So we would keep ourselves sane. We started talking about Father Ted, and we, we knew we had a lot of mutual friends in Galway, where I used to live. 
And um, we said, oh, why don't we do a festival for Father Ted? And we said, look, I tell you, if we ever get out of this place, we'll, we'll meet up in Nocturns and we'll have a beer and talk it through. And six months later, we're sitting in Nocturns in Galway putting, <laughs> putting what became Ted Fest together. I love that origin story. I mean, it's just <laughs> fantastic. I think Father Ted himself would, you know, just expect nothing less of the bizarreness of that. It's no, just you brilliant. You couldn't make it up, could you? You couldn't uh, make yeah. it up. You couldn't make it up. So, as you say, 2007, and this catches on pretty much straight away, but we have to mention that the absolute legend, Jerry Ryan, was very much behind kind of the sex it was, success it was of this. Jerry, Jerry latched on to it and championed it and of course you know in, th- in those days all of Ireland did what Jerry Ryan championed and um, yeah that took off and then the following year again driven by a wind up from Jerry Ryan we we had the Father Ted milk float which is now fallen apart completely but in those <laughs> days it was still just well it wasn't going we, you could you had to push it yeah Paddy Powers bought it and took it out and gave it to us or lent it to us and um, we pushed that round Ireland for 40 days and 40 nights um, in Ada Down Syndrome Island. Brilliant. That was the second year of test. So that sort of took it up a gear. And I think, that, you know, uh, we obviously touched, touched some sort of nerve and Ted Fest is, we're very proud of it. You know, for, for an event, it's only 300 odd people go to Ted Fest. But yeah. it seems to be like well-known. I've, I've sat in bars in New York and places and people, you say, you know, we do a festival comedy festival in Ireland they go there wouldn't be Ted Fest would it and you go yeah yeah it would yeah (laughs) Brilliant and you know as you say it's no ordinary sort of TV convention this is not people sitting around talking about Ted Fest It's the opposite It's the opposite Yeah Um, It's the opposite of one of those sort of TV conventions that you all sit in a warm comfortable hotel and watch reruns and queue for hours for a selfie with somebody and walk on part in the 10th episode or something no, we, we always said, uh, because Ardell O'Hanlon said to me early on, he said, don't ever invite me. He said, I'm never going to that bloody island. <laughs> and, uh, so it was always the opposite of a TV convention. It was like living the craggy island dream. You know, and that's what it's about. It's a particular type of person that will fight their way out to the Aran Islands in beginning of March and dress themselves as a sheep for three days. <laughs> You know, it, it's 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 the people that make Ted Fest. I mean, you say we do have the cast. The last few years, Joe Rooney uh, yes. can't make it this year, but Pat McDonald's coming up. Pat, Pat McDonald's made Blind Date his own. Oh, I love it. Pat McDonald, by the way, is Owen McGlove. Oh, so people Owen know. McLove, yeah. Owen McGlove doing Blind Date. We Fantastic. Did it a couple of years ago, and he's come back ever since because we always do it on the Saturday afternoon, and it's great. So he's getting stuck Blind in that. Has no, Blind Day has no connection with Father no, Ted No, no connection. No connection. But yeah, I love that yeah. he would do this. I love that he would do this. Yeah. And, you know, you even have a lovely girls competition, don't you? Well, we always, we've always had a lovely girls. We, we have what, what I always call the holy trinity of, of Ted Fest. It's the lovely girls competition. We do Ted's Got Talent, which we actually came up with the name Ted's Got Talent before Simon Cowell started doing Oh, listen, you know, you, know, you could get on to yeah. him about that, you know, oh, for rights could. and everything. I think yeah. I could send a cease and desist letter to Simon Cowell, <laughs> more I think about it. Um, no, we, do, we do Ted's Got Talent, which, which basically is for people with no talent whatsoever. Love it. And, um, and we do the Craggy Cup, of course, with the Priest versus Nuns five-a-side football match, which which we staged the first year of Ted Fest because there was an almighty row broke out about where Ted Fest should be. And in this year, who have got a righteous claim to Ted, to Father Ted, because that's where the opening credits are filmed of the, of the, the shipwreck of the Plassey. And they were saying, oh, we should have Ted. So we said, oh, I'll tell you what, we'll, 
why don't we just settle it with a football match? There was a five-a-side football match on the beach, Inish Moore and Inish Hill, who kicked seven bells out of each other, as I recall. <laughs> and Inish Moore won it 2-1, and therefore they have Ted Fest forever. Oh, love! Look, it's, I, nothing can be solved better than a, a grueling football match there like that. Absolutely, be, there should be more five-a-side priest versus nuns football matches yeah. on a beach with the tide coming in. <laughs> they really should. And I mean, you've got everything <laughs> here. That to your man Putin. That's that's probably the way. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, you've got screeching competition in a very dark cave. I mean, that speaks for yeah. itself. I think really. I tell you what, we have got this year. I have to think only because I was just looking at the. Play playlist right <laughs> we've got we've got the pat mustard lip-syncing competition okay right? and i tell you it's a wonder to be how we what once a year we all get together in galway for for what is ridiculously called a ted fest planning meeting okay and somebody just said jesus i wonder what pat mustard would listen to in his milk float <laughs> and um squiggly who does all the artwork who, who is like you know he, he is a, a music guru has come up with a. We're, we're, I think we're going to put it on a Spotify playlist. We, yeah, we came up with a playlist of what we think Pat Mustard. What's on there? What's on there? Well, it, it's all it's all those sort of cheesy Western songs like Big John and El Paso and the Love movies, Django, High <laughs> Noon, Sixteen Tons. So. First, now we've got the playlist of what we think Pat Mustard would be listening to. We came up with this idea of, of a lip-syncing competition. So we're going to have people dressed as Pat Mustard lip-syncing to this playlist. Oh, my God. That, like, I mean, it's the festival that keeps on giving with the craziness. It really is. And, and, you know, as you mentioned there, you know, this is known all over the world. And so much so, there are people who met at the festival that come back all the time. Yeah, there's not as many as you think. You think it would be quite a sort of clicky, insular festival that the same people go every year. There's probably about 20 or 30 that, that hardcore that come every year. What I've noticed over the years is people come back every six years or so. I think it wrecks them for about five years. <laughs> they pop up and they say, oh, that was the best weekend of my life. It's taken me five years to get over it, but I'm back. <laughs> You've got to be hardcore for Ted Fest. <laughs> You've got to be hardcore. And, you know, 2nd to the 5th of March, that's when it's all happening. Now, I do have some Father themed, uh, Father Ted themed questions for you. Are you up for this oh. now? <laughs> okay, this, this will be short and quick because I'm useless at this. <laughs> okay, so. okay. No, this, is, this is like, it's kind of like the, the, the Ted Fest competition. The wrong answers are sort of the best, right? <laughs> okay, on. so if Mrs. Doyle offered you a cup of tea, would you take it? I don't drink tea. Oh, God. What would she do with you at all? Yeah, she'd have to go and get one of those coffee-making machines. Okay, you're a coffee man, so she'd just bamboozle <laughs> her all together. You'd be on her bad books, I'd say, is yeah, what would happen. That would freak her out, wouldn't it? Yeah, we, <laughs> you really would. Okay, this is a controversial one. Who would win in a fight, Father Ted or Father Dick Byrne? Oh, Dick Byrne. Speaking oh, do you think so? Yeah, uh, he, he, would, he, he would take a gun to a knife fight. <laughs> He would, he would. You think his sneaky, underhanded ways would yeah. make him win? Okay. Oh, yeah. And finally, this is your final one, right? Who would you rather be trapped on a desert island with? The priest with the most boring voice. Or Father Stack. Do you remember him? He And he has the boom box with him as well. Uh, I, I know Michael Redmond. And much as I'd love to be on a desert island with Michael <laughs> Redmond, I think I'd go for the guy with the boom box. Okay. But he's got the same song. It's just going to be jungle music over and over. We had 
We had a guy doing jungle music. He he was from I said, Japan or somewhere. He was an art student. And he'd done a, like a picture of Father Ted every day for two years while he was in art college in Dublin. And he wanted to come over. This is true. And he wanted to come over to Ted Fest. And he also used to DJ jungle music. We had this bizarre situation. <laughs> this, this this Japanese artist. In the, and nobody would go in because he had the music on so loud. He was there surrounded by all his paintings and rustling this jungle music out on a Sunday afternoon. I think that was part of his art project. I think he was just, that was, that was part of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Peter, it's been absolutely brilliant having you on the show. The best of luck with Ted Fest 2023. Tickets are available now, yeah? Well, sort of. It, it, what limits the, the numbers at Ted Fest is the number of beds on the island. Okay. So unless you've got private accommodation or permission from a ticket holder to sleep with them, you have to go <laughs> camping. Right? There is camping still on the island, but that is hardest of hardcore. But if you want to go camping, uh, book a book a camping pitch um, and get a ticket for TEDFest. TEDFest.org. Peter, thank you so, so much for joining All us right, today. Shanae. Thanks a million. Bye, bye, bye. Running from the 2nd to the 5th of March, TEDFest. It's a festival like no other, let me tell you. TEDFest.org for all the details. The 11 to 1 show. A croissant normally enjoyed in the morning with a nice cup of coffee. But did you know that the croissant goes all the way back to the 1600s and the Turkish Empire in a big siege? I'm going to be revealing all in the Northeast update very, very shortly. But first, back to the music. Here's five. Monday Motivation in a song. There's five. Keep on moving. We are going back in time and celebrating Croissant Day today and the legend of how Croissant came to come about. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 Cool story. Legend of how the croissant came to be. That is in 1683, the Turkish Empire laid siege on Vienna in Austria. Turks made several attempts to conquer the city by force, but were unsuccessful. So decided to try underground tunnels. But the bakers of Vienna worked in basement storerooms, heard the sound of digging and alerted the city's army. For their vigilance, the bakers received high honours and thanks for outwitting the Turks. So then in celebration, they baked their bread in the shape of a crescent moon, the symbol of the Ottoman Empire. After the Turks were defeated it became custom to serve morning coffee with the crescent shaped pastry so there you go croissant day today LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows creating the perfect home is a journey let us guide you visit our Drogheda Dundalk and new Navin showrooms discover more at senatorwindows.ie it would be cool if that was true I'm not sure if it is but it has made me appreciate a croissant a lot more come on yeah Ronan Keating, loving each day on LMFM's 11 to 1. News at 12 is approaching, but on the way, I meet the mead lady who's taking on a gruelling challenge to run non-stop for 48 hours. It's all for a very special reason. Don't miss her story after news. The 11 to 1 show. President Michael D. Higgins has caused havoc in my house. I'll tell you all after rudimental. I'm not doing my homework. 
Sorry, come again. I'm not doing my homework. Now, this is not the usual thing, believe it or not, that my six-year-old would normally say. Normally, he gets on with it. Normally, he's not too bad with it. And you can't make me, he says, because the president says we don't have to do homework anymore. Yeah, thanks, Michael D., you know. Now, look, first of all, I'm very impressed that he's clearly keeping up with current affairs. So maybe he doesn't need homework. My child is a genius, you know. Uh, But uh, I says to him, how do you know what the president said? And then he says, oh, you know, friend in school said that the president said that there shouldn't be any more homework. And of course, we've been talking about this quite a bit on LMFM on late lunch. And there's lots of people out there that think that homework should be scrapped. And now Minister for Education Norma Foley says that she has no plans to abolish homework in Ireland. Boom, says all the teachers and students. Well, actually, maybe the teachers sort of like giving homework. I don't know. Uh, this obviously has raised an issue in my house because he, he look, he's only in senior infants, you know, so it's only a little bit of reading, which I think is a valuable homework. I'm going to say Reading is valuable homework. They need that, particularly at that age. But yeah, this is what's happening each day now in our house. He doesn't want to do the homework because the president has told him that there's no homework. I love that he's just picked up on that bit and he's just running with it, you know. This is what happens. So schools, I kind of think, are, are you know, listening and, and experimenting with different things. I know the school that my kid is in, they're very much just saying, right, we're going to scale back on the written homework and the maths and that kind of thing. And we're just going to focus on reading for the next little while. And maybe, you know, the tricky words that they get sent home, that sort of stuff. So, but now, because the president has said there shouldn't be homework, he doesn't want to do any of the homework. So I'm going to have a battle when I go home just to get the reading done. It's become a predicament. Never did I think that Michael D. Higgins would cause ructions in my house. But there you go. That is what's going on. Anyway, enough about my house. What's going on in the world of celebrity? The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Crossy. Sean Mendes is back on his social media. He took a break from touring and socials last year to concentrate on himself. In the short video with his new buzzed haircut, he says hi to fans. Wow. Hey, people. <laughs> it's been a minute. There's rumours today that the Spice Girls will be reuniting this year. It won't be for a tour, though. The word is they've been lined up to perform a King Charles coronation in the summer. If it does happen, it'll be the first time they'll be together as a five-piece since 2012. Brendan Gleeson has praised Colin Farrell on CBS in America. He brought up the time Colin helped Jennifer Coolidge on stage at the Golden Globes only a few weeks ago. Just generally with the people around him, obviously with his children, with me, with... Jennifer Coolidge walking upstairs. Oh, that was it's a like, cheap shot. That was only to get closer. That was, about, got, that was more about me I, than about I, I her. Got, let's, be, no, no. <laughs> let's be honest. There was a duality about that because I knew I said, look at the maggot. I didn't so, know there was a fan there. I, said, I was accused <laughs> of elbowing some man out of the way. Oh, oh, no, no, but that's who know. you are. Actually, that, that is but the gent that you are. And I've known a lot of kind men in my life. I've been lucky about that. You know, my father was a kind man. And I, I knew kind friends who were, who, you know, and who yeah. were there for you. I don't find it odd, but I knew immediately. I knew immediately with him. So that's why the friendship lasted, because he's somebody who considers people to an extraordinary degree. Only because I'm one of them. That's The Buzz. I'm Crossy. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. How lovely is their friendship? It's the bromance that we needed, I think. Brendan and Colin, absolutely brilliant. Now back to the music. Here's Prince on LMFM's 11 to 1.
Prince, when doves cry on LMFM's 11 to 1, she's taking on the ultimate challenge. Two days non-stop running. Yes, I said non-stop running for two full days. It's all for a great cause. I'm going to chat to Nicola Duffy. She's a nurse. She's an elite athlete. She's from Kilmessen. We're going to chat to her after these. The 11 to 1 show. She's taking on the challenge of a lifetime, a gruelling two-day non-stop run. Yes, non-stop running for 48 hours, all to raise money for a very worthy charity. Ultra runner Nicola Duffy, she's from Kilmess in County Mead. She is no stranger to a challenge because we spoke to her before on this show uh, in 2020 when she took on uh, numerous challenges. And despite only taking up running in 2016, she represented Ireland at the IAU European 24-hour championships in Verona last year. She clocked up a whopping 207 kilometres in just 24 hours around a 400-metre track and she placed as top female finisher. But now she is going about 10 steps further in this challenge on March the 10th. She's going to run non-stop for two days straight. I'm delighted to welcome Nicola Duffy back to 11 to 1. Nicola, how are we getting on? Sinead, how are you? Thanks a million for having me on again. Great to have you. Now, two full days, non-stop running. This sounds insane when you say it out loud, Nicola. Can this be done? It sounds even more insane when you say it out loud, believe me. <laughs> Um, look, I, it is it, it is insane. There's there's no doubt about it. Look, I, I suppose I have done the 24 hours uh, non-stop running before, as you said. It's a big step up uh, to run consecutively for two days in a row. Um, it has been done um, to varying degrees of success, as I'm sure you, <laughs> sure you can imagine. Um, like when you when you face into running a 24 hour, you never know what you're going to come across, let alone a 48 hour. Um, but as, as you said there in your intro, um, I kind of wanted to push myself out and to do something worth that I feel is well out of my comfort zone um, for a worthy cause. And that's essentially why I'm doing it. Um, I'm not doing it for, for the fun of it, believe me. No, definitely um, not. You're doing it for a very special reason. Tell me who really inspired this, because there's a very special lady behind why you're doing this. Yeah, so I'm doing it for my mum, my mum, Joan Steen. Um, so unfortunately, my my mother passed away um, last March. Um, so she um, passed away from cancer. Um, she was diagnosed in mid 2021, and she fought, I suppose, a, a short but very courageous battle with cancer. And essentially, I'm doing this um, not only in her memory, but I want to, I suppose, give a very small token as a small token gesture um, to Bowmount Cancer Research. Um, for all the exemplary and impeccable care that they gave my mother. Um, they were fantastic. They treated her with such empathy and dignity. And essentially, they gave her time that we would not have had with her mm. um, had they, had, was it not for their interventions. So I kind of wanted to do something that is a little bit off the wall, and it is off the wall running 40 years. <laughs> but I feel it's it's something that... Um, is, is, is worthy, you know. Um, it's a very small token. I'm using a, a very, very, don't even know if I call it talent, but I'm using something that I have that I hope that can give back and contribute to what I think is a very worthy cause. Absolutely. I mean, and, and your mother would have been your champion, wouldn't she? She would always absolutely. have supported and supported and encouraged you with regards to this. And she would have been into the running herself. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> 
she would she would support and challenge. Uh, she supported me absolutely. She thinks I'm, she used to say I was crazy. She didn't think that this was you know <laughs> something that normal people would do, but she absolutely supported me in every in every aspect of my life. So I know for for a fact that she would have been very proud of me um, as I am about to take this on. And when I do stand on the on the start line on the tenth of March, it is essentially I suppose I'll be thinking of her. Yeah. And that is, I know what will get me through. No matter what, I'll be I'll be there two days later because I'll be thinking of that. But how will you keep yourself motivated? I mean, because even thinking about things like practical things, Nicole, like how are you going to go to the bathroom? How are you going to, you know what I mean, eat <laughs> stuff? Like, how is this going to work? Well, I suppose on the 24 hours, as I said, I kind of have some experience and some insight. It's not the same. It's not like for life, but... Um, toilet breaks, yeah, okay. If I need to go, there'll be there'll be a portaloo there. I'll use that. Um, eating, I don't stop. Um, okay. I'm not planning to stop for a sleep. Now that's not saying that I won't get to the stage where I'm delirious, but I hopefully will not be stopping. That is not that is not the plan. The plan is to to um, keep going consistently and to keep running consistently as I would do for 24 hours. Just try and keep going for another 24 hours. Okay. So that's essentially what, what I'll be thinking, strategy-wise. And, and I mean, in terms of training, how, how much training does one take on for something like this? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's kind of, that's the difficult bit because obviously I'm working full-time yep. as well, you know, so it's, I have a family. Um, my son is, is only seven, so it's trying to, trying to combine that. But you just have to make it work. Um, so I, I train, at the moment I'm training six days a week. Okay. Um, so now, I, that may ramp up to seven days, but at the moment I, I'm doing big miles. So I could be doing marathons every single weekend, maybe double day marathons, you know. Um, so it's, it's not easy. But as I said, I'm, I'm doing it for a worthy cause. It, it makes it a little bit easier if you have your why. So yeah. I have my why behind it. So it's, it's not like I'm looking down into a training block where I'm kind of, I don't have as much emotion behind it. So this, this time it's kind of easier for me, actually, in a strange way. Yeah, and it, absolutely. And what a way to, to co- commemorate her and honour her memory as well. Absolutely. And I mean, it's so hard to believe that you, you've only taken up the running in 2016. You've achieved so much. You've hit like amazing timings with all of this. You've taken on so many challenges. How did you actually get into the running? And did, was it something that kind of has helped in terms of mental health as well? Yeah, so look, I, I, as you said, I had no experience with running whatsoever. So I was, I used to do um, horse riding to a relatively high level. So I would have been on Irish teams and things like that at, at underage levels. So I had, a, I suppose I had the exposure to sports, high level sports. Um, and then I had my son in 2015 and I think I was looking for something to get back into just to give me some sort of passion, yeah. <laughs> I suppose, again. And um, I just, running, I fell into it because it was something that I could bring him out in the buggy and run. And it, that became very, then I became very competitive very quickly. So I did my, <laughs> I did my first 50 mile in 2016, which was a big, big jump. I wouldn't recommend it for people starting, you know, but I, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Um, so yeah, I've just taken it on. I've taken it under under, under my wing, and I, I think it's like everything in my life. If I find something that I really enjoy doing, kind of find therapeutic, I apply myself fully, and it's not it's not a chore. Yeah, and um, the the mental health aspect, yeah. Look, <laughs> I have a busy life. Uh, you know, it, it it is my therapy essentially. It is my go to, my getaway, and I'm fortunate that I do have I do have that. Because I, I I work as a nurse, so it's it's kind of oh listen, it's, say no it's, more, it's say intense, no more. Yeah. It is intense, particularly now at yeah. the moment. And like, would you be someone now that runs with music in the ears? Like, would you have a playlist or anything like that? 
Um, well, I don't tend to uh, listen to music, really. Uh, a person that I know gave me a wonderful playlist to listen to, and I listen to that, you know, that's the only thing I really listen to. But essentially, no, not when I'm training. If I get really stuck in a hole in a race, I put in yeah. this person's playlist. But apart from that, no, I don't, I don't tend to. I just like to run and... Uh, I like to look around me and to li- listen, listen to what's happening around me. Listen. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And in terms of, you know, are you hoping to raise money? Are you going to set up a GoFundMe or anything for this? Yeah, so I have a GoFundMe yep. in already up. Um, it's Nicola's uh, 48 Hour Run. And I just want to say thank you to everybody so far who's been more than generous in um, donating to Bowman Cancer Research. Um it's, it, I, I suppose, look, I've, I've been really blown away by the support that I've gotten to date um, and everything is welcomed. And I just wanted to take the opportunity to say that to people because people have been mind-blowingly generous for this. Oh, I can, I can, you know, when so I think anyone, unfortunately, everyone has been affected by cancer in some shape or form. So, you know, it's great to see people supporting and, and getting behind you. So this is coming up soon, you know. It's fast approaching. Uh, I know. <laughs> we're going to follow this. We're going to follow you on your, your progress with this. Uh, we're going to ch- chat to you again before you, you actually take to, to the track. Um, are you hoping that, you know, you might have one or two supporters, particularly in the final legs of this? Yeah, so I'll have I have three people I think will I'm hopeful they'll be there to support me and then I'm be looking for another person, yeah. So that's still to be kind of sorted out. Um look my, my family and friends will be there. Um it, it's a race, so yeah. I mean I, I won't be stopping to have the chat. So yeah. I'll be there to I'm there to I'm there to compete um and hopefully do well. Yeah, because um, this, sorry, I should say, this uh, is the 48 Youth Sport OMA. So this is the 48 hour, the first one uh, to take place in Ireland. Correct, yeah. yeah. It ha- now, there has been 48 hour runs, but not not the gold standard. So okay. This is, um, this is the first of its kind. And, uh, you know, it will attract the, the bigger ultra runners, not only in Ireland, but in Europe. Um, so I, I'll be, it'll be, it'll be a good competition. Um, but as I said, I'm there for, the charity aspect as well, but I will also be, I won't be there to make up the numbers. Yeah, yeah, I know, I understand. <laughs> and I've no doubt that you're going to give this everything that you can. I know that you will. We're going to check in with you again closer to the time to see how things are going. But the best of luck with the rest of the training and Thank fundraising, you, Nicola. Thank you so much Thank for joining you. me. Much appreciated. Have a lovely day. Thank you. You too. Thanks a million. Isn't she just incredible that woman puts her mind to something and she does it she doesn't I don't think the word impossible is in her vocabulary Nicola's 48 hour run it's on GoFundMe any little donation at all is so appreciated the 11 to 1 show Nice message coming in from Helen on 0861800658 wishing Nicola the very best of luck running. I know she's going she's to need all of us behind her for this challenge. It's absolutely incredible what she's done to date and the money is flying in for her as well which is brilliant. So if you'd like to donate anything at all all would be very much appreciated for Nicola on the GoFundMe but we will follow her up again and her progress as she does it and see how she's getting on closer to the time in March. Now back to today and back to the music Here's Dermot Kennedy. It was the highest grossing movie of 1990. It won two Oscars. So naturally, Hollywood feels like it has to be remade. What movie am I talking about? All will be revealed after the job search. 
LMFM Job Search with thanks to LMFM Online. Check out the latest Northeast news, sport and entertainment on lmfm.ie. Rice and Muddy Motors are looking to hire a fully qualified motor mechanic with at least a year of experience. Application deadline is January 31st. To apply, you can send your CV to noel at ricerudy.ie or you can give them a call 87 417-3260 A family-owned business require a full-time bookkeeper for the retail sector in Dundalk Please apply in writing to info at kmr.ie The closing date for that one is tomorrow 31st of January RD Coach Trim are looking for an experienced fabricator slash welder to join their busy team They are based in RD For more information contact Patricia on 87 1891241 The Alzheimer's Society of Ireland are recruiting a nurse manager to be based in their Whistlemount daycare centre in Navin. To apply, you can submit a full and up-to-date CV to recruit at alzheimer.ie. Customer perception slash optimum results are expanding their team and looking for a client account administrator for customer perceptionist perception, sorry, and a receptionist as well to manage both businesses and the business centre. To apply for all the details, customerperceptions.ie forward slash careers. And Jean Curry Shop and Bar Equipment require a service engineer. Knowledge of refrigeration or electrical circuitry is important. To apply, you can email Jean, so that's G-E-N-E, at Jean Curry. So G-E-N-E-C-U-R-R-Y dot com. Don't forget all of the details of those jobs can be found on our local job section on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search. They are remaking an absolute classic of the 90s. I can't believe it. Here's a little taster of the movie for you. What a mate, what a mate tell her. Tell her she's wearing the shirt that I spilt the margarita on and the earrings I gave her for Christmas. Molly, Sam says to tell you you're wearing the shirt that he spilled the margarita on and the earrings he gave you for Christmas. Don't you see I'm not a fake? Not about this. Love it. Ghost. Ghost of all things. Absolute classic of cinema. Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore. Highest grossing movie of 1990. Wins two Oscars. So of course Hollywood has to go and remake it. And apparently Channing Tatum, of all people, has revealed that he has bought the rights and may also star, which I'm kind of on board with, in a remake of one of the most romantic movies of all time. Now, you'll know from regular listening to this show that I'm not a huge fan of a remake, but I'm kind of on board with Channing Tatum. Uh, Yeah, so this could be happening, okay? It could be happening. According to Vanity Fair, a remake could be coming to our screens. Uh, The actor told Vanity Fair that his production company has acquired the rights to this. And uh, this was, he was kind of on on the back of, you know, uh, promoting Magic Mike's Last Dance. And he said that he wants to play Swayze's part. So there you go. We'll have to watch this Facebook ghost. It's getting a remake. I don't know what happened to the playlist today, but there's so many romantic 
songs. I promise you, it's not on purpose. It really isn't. I'm going to dedicate that to the Diffie students who have popped into studio to check out what's going on here in LMFM. They are the future. They are the next generation of talent that'll be sitting right here someday on LMFM. So welcome to them. I want to say please happy birthday to June Kelleher. It's her birthday today. That's coming in from her hubby, John. He's working hard in Clumprassel Street. And that's also from mum and dad as well. So June, hope you're having a fantastic day. And you know what? I have the script on the way for you. The 11 to 1 show. Less than 24 hours, that is all that you have if you want to enter the LMFM Local Hero Talent Search. We launched it with Hot Press a couple of weeks ago and the closing date is fast approaching. So if you're in a band, if you're a DJ, if you're a music group or solo artist, you could be featured live here on LMFM. So it's all part of Irish Music Month that's going to be running all across independent radio stations in the country. So we are looking for your original demos now. So how can you get the into us well email us an mp3 to irishmusic at lmfm.ie it's your chance I should have led with this it's your chance to win a 10,000 euro prize fund get your record released and have your music played on independent radio stations across the country so Irish Music Month it's happening in March and it's supported by Hot Press IBI and the BAI Sound and Vision Fund on LMFM so all the details as well can be found on lmfm.ie but the closing date for these Demos are approaching, so do get them into us. Now, I promised some music for June Keller. Here it is. It's the script. I get so emotional because I've just realised it's the end of the show. I know. But don't worry. We're going to do it all again tomorrow. Thank you so much for your company. As always, have a great Monday. Chat to you tomorrow. The 11 to 1 show. 